and welcome to the Miles to Memories podcast. I'm Sean Coomer, your host, joined as always by MTM's managing editor, Mark Osterman, and from As the Joe Flies, Joe Chung. Mark uh, was hanging out in St. Louis this weekend, and we're going to talk about that the next next weekend, the Holodome and all that, but how was your trip? Uh, it went really well. Uh, it was our third siblings and sons, which is me, my sister, and then our two sons. Uh, they're, you know, about six months, six months apart, something like that, eight months apart. So pretty close in age. So it's always good to get together and we, we pick something new. And we had done New York City and then D.C. and then COVID hit. And so this is uh, the first year that we were able to pick it up slash uh, had availability that worked for both groups of families. So it's a lot of fun. We're talking about what we're going to do next year already. I don't know. I'm kicking around. We're kicking around like Philly, Liberty Bell, all that good stuff. Maybe Boston, uh, something like that, like historical East Coast. and Or maybe we'll go. Uh, they both really want to go to London. So maybe we'll throw that out there. Where are they based? Uh, my sister is based in the in between Cincinnati and Dayton. So Southern Ohio area. So uh, she drove there. It was like a six hour drive. So she ended up driving to uh, St. Louis. So we we'll kind of try to keep it somewhat easy for a weekend getaway. So East Coast is kind of the focus so far, East Coast, Midwest. Every kid has to have that moment in Philadelphia where they look at the Liberty Bell and realize that it's not nearly as big as uh, you build it up yes. to be in your mind. Just like the yeah. Seattle <laughs> stupid tower. The Space Needle is a cool building, and it's not that small. I mean, what is it, five, it six hundred feet tall? The, uh, the, the, just go to the Eiffel Tower in Vegas, and you'll be like, oh, okay, I get it. Did you get any blowback for that, Mark? I'm sure some Seattle, the three Seattle listeners were upset. Rick Rick might have been. No, I don't know if Rick cared. I don't know. Uh, everybody, Even uh, PDX Deals guy was like, don't go there. Go to this park outside of town. That has, it's on a bluff, and it has a way better view. And I'm like, I'm yeah, there that... for like 24 hours. I'm not going to a park, okay? Yeah, but he's anti-Seattle. Like, he's, you know, they, they no, got a he went No, he loves Seattle. Oh, really? So, but most, yeah, goes... most, most Portland people... There's like a Cascadian rivalry there, but oh I guess, yeah, I guess PDX he's got history is in Seattle. Yeah, just a peacemaker. PDX. Good he goes. Uh, he goes to football games and stuff up there. So he's there. I think like two, three times a year. So how are things over there, Joe? Uh, things are going okay. Um, I think I had talked about on this podcast how I was going to go watch the U.S. women play in Fort Lauderdale, but uh, COVID had other plans for my family. Although I must say that my antibodies from august have held up great because You're still covid superman for another I, four still, months well it's, yeah i mean it, they say three months and i was right on the border but um you know i've been fine but unfortunately we had to cancel that trip we were trying to reschedule it but uh not going to get to watch the u.s women play unfortunately not in person at least until at least 2023 thinking about uh going to the women's world cup next summer but we'll talk about that a little later Where's in it at? the episode in uh, New Zealand and Australia, oh. but the, okay. w- the U.S. games all ended up being in New Zealand, which kind nice. of the better of the two. Yeah, but I have, <laughs> I have relatives in Australia. All right, let's let's just get into it now, okay? So I have I have relatives in Australia, and so if it was in Australia, then I could like go see them. Now I'm like starting to make plans to go to New Zealand to see if we can go to New Zealand and see the women play there, but. New Zealand's still like another four hours away from Australia. And then like once we get to Australia, that's like even further from the United States getting back. And so the, it makes the trip logistically a lot more complicated because if we're going to go to both New Zealand and Australia, then all of a sudden we're looking two and a half, three weeks total travel time instead of just two. I, I don't know. It's 
we're still like on the fence about doing it. What are the flights looking like? Are they uh, uh, out of L.A. or out of Hawaii? Or have you even gotten that far? Well, Mark, glad you asked. <laughs> Obviously, you forgot that I put this on the notes. But uh, uh, so the majority... I didn't, the, I didn't so, see that. Yeah. So the majority of... Well, I guess I didn't say that it was for this trip. But the majority of flights uh, come from the West Coast. Like, yeah, you can go from Hawaii as well. Um, and what I did was, uh, you know, I asked Mark a couple of weeks ago, what are the different points booking, like, concierge help websites out there. I don't know, award booking help websites out there. And so I went with Points Pros, uh, who also runs the site point.me, which we've talked about a bunch of times. And I knew that, like, let me, you know, people are going to be like, oh, it's impossible to get to Australia. Like, your, your expectations are too high. So let's just get that out of the way. Like, my expectations were very low, but I want to talk a little bit about No, you my... could get there for 5K miles, just like a two years ago. <laughs> well, unfortunately... <laughs> Uh, let me talk about my experience. So I sent my request in and you fill out a form and you say like the dates that you want to go. And there's a place to put notes. And I, in the notes I wrote, I know this is tough. Like, I don't mind on a flight home. You know, if there's like a stopover, that's fine. If that, if that makes things easier, blah, blah, blah. I gave a couple of parameters. Anyway, the bottom line is the results that I got back, um, they were like, you can book this flight for this number of miles, um, saver uh, with one stop, blah, blah. I was like, these are the exact same flights that I found on point.me myself uh, with my account. And so I was kind of, I was a little bit disappointed. Like the way Points Pros works, which I think is the way it should work, by the way, is you have to put down a $25 deposit just to have them look for stuff. And I think that is fair because otherwise, you could give them like all sorts of difficult itineraries and they do all this work and then you're like, oh, no thanks, right? And they get nothing out of it. So I, I totally think that the $25 search fee and I had no problem paying that. What I was a little disappointed in was I got my results, like I got the offer back, I don't know, an hour after I put the form in. And normally you're like, oh, that's that's great customer service. Like they got back to me so quickly. But in this case... I'm like, they just put my search into point.me and spit out the exact same results that I could have gotten myself. And so at that point, my conclusion was like, you know what? I would have just been better off with my point.me subscription. And, you know, I didn't I didn't need to use points pros. And like I said, my expectations were low, but I was hoping that they might be able to find some secret or some back alley way using point.me, using the same program, but maybe they know what to search better. Um, and so I was a little disappointed, but I was like, you know, let me give them a fair shake. I don't want to, you know, it was such a short interaction, um, which was a little surprising as well, but I was like, let, let's see. And so I wrote back, I was like, Hey, um, I just found, I, I, I straight up was like, I found these websites. I found these flights on point me myself. So, um, thanks. I was wondering if you can maybe think of another way, like, is there a way that, because the flight that they found goes back through Singapore. And I was like, is there a way that we could get a stopover in Singapore um, and then, you know, do it like that? After that email, it took about half a day for them to reply, which actually felt good because it was like, maybe they're looking for stuff, right? And not just throwing it to their website. And it said um, no. <laughs> well, actually, the person came back to me and was like, oh, actually, you can fly to Singapore. Um, they didn't say this because, you know, it, it's like 
They knew what to search, though, and this proved it to me because they're like, you can fly to Singapore, stay there a few days um, for 25,000 miles. What they didn't note was that that's economy. That's what I ended up finding when I knew what to look for. But then you can fly home um, for you know whatever miles after that. And that ended up being just a couple miles more than it would have been to book the business class flight originally. So uh, in the end, you know, I was happy with the service. Like I said, I knew it was a really difficult request in the first place. I was a little disappointed with the first response, but you know, after following up, um, I thought that went well. Ultimately, I love like getting back to the original reason why I brought this up. We're leaning towards not visiting my cousins in Australia because it's just like logistically too crazy. Um, and, and I had already uh, booked them flights to visit you. And <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I'm trying to get my dad, I'm trying to get my dad in on this. If, if my dad decides to go, where my parents decide to go to visit them in Australia, then maybe we'll go with them. But like, I was like, I, I'm not going to do three weeks in the South Pacific, just the two of us and our three kids, you know, someone's going to get sick at some point. Like I, like I want to see my cousins, but you know, that might have to be another trip. So we're still in the process of figuring it out, but did want to share my point, uh, excuse me, points pros experience. And again, um, I think, I probably could have done it all with point on me, but it was nice. You know, for $25, I didn't mind getting a second opinion. That was uh, pretty helpful, even though we're probably not going to fly back from Sydney in the long run anyway. This is a good reminder of how, you know, point on me. I feel like it, it helps people who are not like trying to, to be advanced in far as like learning every routing rule and stopover rules and everything else. Like for the average person, I think the point on me search engine has like made this so much simpler. But to your point, there's also expertise that, you know, you can get beyond that. There's no computer that's going to be able to know, okay, you can get this award and then marry this award and, and all of that. So it's good to, to hear that they came through in the end. But uh, it's also good to hear that point.me delivered that because, you know, I've talked about it obviously a lot and I've really enjoyed using point.me this year. Um, I should say we do have a, what is it? It's one month for $1. That's our trial that we have. If uh, we'll, we'll throw a link yeah. in the show notes. If people want to try it out, it used to be, you know, you could get one day free or whatever, but they, they've changed it to a $1 trial for 30 days, which I think is great because that gives you time to kind of search for your flights over a period of time instead of, you know, just getting a, a quick glimpse at it. So I don't know. It's uh, it's good to hear. And I'm glad you got to share your, your good and bad with it because I know I'm sure a lot of people are wondering whether it's worth it to pay that. And, uh, you know, 25 bucks. Not a not a huge deal. Uh, so basically, you paid the twenty five. You don't get that back. Did you end up Did you end up booking through them, or did you just end up booking yourself? Or you I have not done yet? right. That's right. Yeah, I haven't done either yet because I'm not sure. You know, so I had asked them about Australia. If we're flying back from New Zealand, I had found found flights myself from New Zealand. So that's kind of what I am debating. And again, like I think it's a it's a good service. Just to be clear. Since I know it can get confusing, and it's confusing to me, Point.me is the award search engine, and I think that's $129 a year after, uh, you know, I, I didn't use the $1 promo or whatever you have. Um, I, I think that's, I think that's, <laughs> well, I, whatever. I'm my own man, Mark. Jeez. You should use the $1 I was just giving money promo, out though. right and left. $25 you here, $129 there. You Done. should just use the $1 promo. No. So I've had Point.me for a while. Um that's the search engine. The points pros are the people who they'll do the searches for you. And they'll, they'll even, I mean, I didn't go through this process, but he said they'd actually help, you know, to, 
tell me exactly what to transfer and like book it for me if I wanted to, like especially if it needed a call. That I think it was going to be a couple hundred dollars to do that through them. Um, I I tried to pull up the invoice, but it had expired, so I, I can't get the exact price. The twenty five dollars is the um, good faith deposit when you're asking them to search and get you results in the first place. So Point.me is the search engine. That's $130 a year, more or less. Points Pros is the concierge service, $25 down payment. And then, you know, it would have been a couple hundred dollars if I actually booked with them. So when they tell you, like, after you pay the $25, they just, they don't give you, like, the specific flight details. They just say, for this many points, we can get you from here to there, essentially? Yeah, but with, you know, I would have... They gave enough information that I thought it was fair. Like, it was like, there's one stop, a layover of four hours or whatever it was. So they weren't like, there's this like, cause it would be really bad if like, they were like, oh yeah, there's this flight. But then when you pay them the invoice, like you didn't know there was a stopover or you didn't know like how long the flights were yeah. and stuff like that. So they gave it's, you all that info. It's like, um, some it's, I wouldn't say it's like hotwired, but it's similar that like you have enough information that you have a feel for what those flights are going to be like. And then I'm assuming that if I, but like, like I said, I had already found that flight on point.me. So I knew exactly. I wrote back and I was like, oh, you're talking about Singapore Airlines, blah, blah, blah. Right. Um, because like I had already found that myself. But, you know, for people who haven't gone through the trouble of finding that, it's enough information to go by and like know whether, you know, you want to move forward or not. So I think it's I think it's a fair um, quote that they give you. Yeah, because they have to, you know, they have to combat people paying 25 bucks trying to get enough detail to do it on their own. And still, like, they don't want to do the work and then have you go book it yourself, usually, type of thing, if if you didn't already do some searches. So it's a tough, you know, line to to navigate, I guess, where you give enough to be useful to people to make a decision, but not too much that they don't pay you for, you know, your services type of thing. So it's a tough back and forth. Tough dance. So just to put it out there to be clear... Point.me, the search engine, as you said, Joe, is $129 a year. That's where you can get that $1 trial for 30 days. Or you can just pay $12 a month is their normal pricing. And then Points Pros has actually been rebranded to Point.me Concierge in order to confuse this anymore. That's what you're talking about. The Point.me Concierge. Wait, it wasn't that like two weeks ago? Like, did they just it is. Well, that? you can still go to PointsPros.com, but they have it branded that way. Because basically... Points Pros and the OMAT people, and I think even Gilbert from God Save the Points, there's a few people behind Point.me. They all got together in order to build sort of the newer search engine, and I think they're branding everything around that now. But anyway, as you said, whether it's on PointsPros.com or it's on Point.me. It's the Miles and Points meta universe. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it is $200 a passenger for the full service if you end up booking through them. And so, yeah, you can uh, <laughs> check that all out. But, uh, yeah, lots of... Big minds of miles and points, the titans of miles and points behind this thing. Um, but uh, I, th I think they do a good job, at least on the search side. So I'm glad to hear the full service side was was pretty good. Yeah, and last thing is I, I should have mentioned that $25. I only lose that $25 because I didn't end up going with them. Actually, I don't know. There's there's a chance I still end up do going with them. But as of right now, I didn't go with them, lost the $25. But if you do go with them, that counts towards you know, the $200 per person or whatever. So it's a good it's like faith a deposit. That, shop. Right. It's a good faith deposit that you can use. Um, it's not, it's not like a, it's only non-refundable if you don't book with them, I guess. No, you, you get what I'm saying. So let's uh, move on to talking about United because they announced some changes to their loyalty program for 2023. And 
you know, the one thing that's going crazy with these airline loyalty programs, you know, it used to just be you fly a certain amount of miles, you earn those miles and qualifying was simple, but that's not how they do it anymore, right? You have qualifying points, qualifying flights, and uh, United has raised their qualification requirements for 2023. I don't want to get too much into the details because I feel like this is something you need to read as far as what you need for silver, gold, platinum, 1K. Uh, but they did raise the requirements, but they did a couple other things like they're going to give current elites a head start next year towards qualifying. And then they're going to give you on award tickets, you're going to earn qualifying points, but it's really bad rate, like one qualifying point per 100 miles redeemed. So like on a, what, a 10,000 mile redemption, you're going to earn 100 points. So not a whole lot there. And then you can earn more qualifying points through credit card spend. The one good thing, too, is they got rid of the award ticket redeposit fee altogether. That's just permanently removed. So anything uh, moving the needle? Obviously, we know I'm a huge Frontier status fanboy. So United is, uh, is not on my radar. Did you guys know this week somebody ranked all the airlines? I forget one of the big rankings happened. Spirit finished last, then uh, Allegiant right above it, then United. Frontier above them, and then all the other airlines. So United is uh, sort of down down in the gutters yeah, these days. They suck. Yeah, I don't. I, I think I've flown United once in the last ten years. So it it doesn't seem like it's a good thing overall. Like the changes, I don't know. It seems very similar to Delta's setup as far as spend uh, for status, which you can do with Delta. But their levels are a lot lower. Like I, I think I saw that for just silver, their base stash, you'd have to spend ninety six thousand dollars on the credit card because you get five hundred points per twelve thousand dollars in spend, which seems pretty high for just silver status. And then getting a hundred, uh, you know, you have to redeem a hundred miles to get one point versus Delta's plan where they give you five points per whatever the dollar amount of the flight would have been for award flights. I don't know. It just seems. Like they made it difficult and kind of confusing. Like I read through it, and I'm, and as somebody not familiar with United, it didn't seem like it was all that easy to navigate. So I feel like they, they did the poor man's version of United. I guess we could say. <laughs> the poor man's version of Delta. Yeah. Yeah, poor man's version yeah. of Delta. That's what I meant. Yeah, it seems you know crazy. I think American still has the best system of the three with their you know with their way that you can earn points across everything in certain ways, even the portal and everything else. But yeah, they all seem to be going in this this way uh, where they're making things more complicated, trying to sell it as you have more ways to earn status. But this one, like you said, it's there's not a lot of great value there. You know, there might be more ways to earn, you know, but it, what you need to spend, what you need to earn doesn't seem all that uh, exciting. And that doesn't get me excited to try to get United status, that's for sure. I think this is one of those things where no one cares about United status except for people who are hub locked. And so why not make it more complicated to make it more difficult for them? They're just, it's like, I mean, that's the problem with being hub locked, right? You are just locked into like, you have to be loyal to that airline if you're a business traveler. And so th it feels really, uh, it's like a it's Bob Chapek in charge of United. Like it feels like they're really squeezing just a little bit extra out of their most loyal customers. Whether they're loyal due to actual loyalty or much, due to I love your Disney reference there. there. That's thank you. I was I didn't know who that was, so I was like, okay, who's he talking? Well, that's why about? I said um, I was wondering. I was like, how many people out there don't know who Bob JPEG is? <laughs> He's the CEO uh, of Disney. Uh, so, how much do you have to spend on the credit cards to get top tier status with JetBlue? Fifty k for Mosaic. 
dollars. See, that's like a way better deal. I feel like, even though I don't love JetBlue's program because it's you know revenue based, strictly like a Southwest type of thing, and but that's that's kind of you know way better. Crazy. Come on, bring in can, spirit. Let's go. Then I'll be a JetBlue fanboy. I can neither confirm nor deny <laughs> that I do that every year. <laughs> neither confirm nor deny. United. How does Frontier? How do low cost carriers rank above them as far as experience? That's insane like because you hear this like to to your point mark i haven't flown united in a while because you know i i get status easier with american so if i'm going to take one of the big carriers i generally am on them but like how does united have such a bad reputation and then they're delivering on that right they're not exceeding it they're they're kind of down with the low-cost carriers yet charging full prices it's just insane to see what's happened to this airline since they merged with continental it's been nothing but like you know a struggle for them uh, so yeah, it's uh, it's interesting, but if you're in the United status, all kinds of changes. Uh, we have a link in the uh, in the show notes for you guys to check out, like what exactly you need. One sign of progress, Mark, is that you can now renew your passport online, or at least the government did a test, which is now temporarily ended. But you thankfully were able to sneak in during the test, and I think it's going to launch. They say by the end of the year, or pretty soon anyway, for the full public thing, they're going to bring it back. But as of the time we're recording, you can't renew your passport online, but you were able to. And uh, it sounds like from reading through your article, and you have a whole article on the site, that it actually was an easy process. Like, it wasn't yes. uh, terrible. I, I somewhat dreaded it because, you know, government and nothing's easy with government stuff. But so I pushed it off. Like, I signed up and come to find out like, it was for my wife. And I signed up two hours before they shut it down for good uh, on the second think this is the second time they've opened it up for beta testing so got in under the wire but then i waited like a week or two to actually do everything because i figured oh this is going to be kind of annoying or or not super intuitive but it was pretty easy you just plug in all your info like your current the expired passport and hers expired in 18 so you have within 15 years of the issuance date so hers would have been no good to renew sometime next year so Perfect timing. She's been wanting to change up, potentially change up her birthday trip this uh, next month. So I was like, well, let's give it a try and we'll do it online. And if it comes, then maybe we'll change plans. If it doesn't come, oh, well. So I, I went through it. It took probably like 15 minutes, 15, 20 minutes. Uh, you just put in your normal info, like passport number, your address, your name, all that stuff, social social security number, any previous names like maiden name type of thing. And uh and then the picture was the hardest part. You can take your own picture and upload it. It's got to be on a clear white wall with no shadows. Uh, she had one that she'd gotten from CVS, so I tried to just scan it, but it said it wasn't large enough, so then I had to put it through a photo resizer, and then it worked. So that was the biggest hiccup. It might be worth it just to, to buy one from the store. And then uh, if you do do it at home, buy like a cheap poster board, like a dollar from the dollar store, white poster board to put behind you, and then have lights like every lamp in the house blow, you know, showing up on your face. So it looks bright. Uh, if you don't have a uh, selfie ring light, like we do, you know, as uh, people that talk on camera all the time, but yeah, it was really, you know, pretty amazing. You didn't even have to mail in the old passport, which I thought was a little bit strange. You know, maybe I'll sell it on the black market. Kidding. Totally kidding. Maybe. <laughs> do they tell you to at least punch a hole in it? Like they do when no. you send it in? I don't think so. They don't, they, they punch the hole in when you send it in. Right? No, I know, but like you know, since since when it comes back, they have the hole punching in it. Maybe they tell yeah. you to punch a hole in yours. To no, I don't know. Show maybe. that it's a... maybe they will when they send it, send the new one. 
So I did the expedited, uh, so it should be like three to four weeks or less. And then I did one day delivery or whatever. Total was like $205. Oh, nice perk is that you can pay with a credit card when you do it online versus if you do it at the post office or mail it in, you can't. So that's kind of cool. Maybe they'll extend that out everywhere. Do they still at the post office, do they still require you to do money order? Or did they start taking personal checks? It's been a while since I... I feel like they do debit it. cards too. Okay. Yeah, I so. remember the days of like where you had to go get a money order in order to bring it to you know to the post office Can and I, then they would process it. Oh. Yeah, but back then you could buy a money order at the post office with a gift card, so it was okay. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's true. Yeah, you could buy the money order at the at the uh, at the post office. Yeah, they would do it all at once. But it was this seems so much better. Being able to use a credit card is a nice bonus. Um, there are those apps too if people are struggling with the picture. There are free apps, and then there's ones you can pay like a dollar for that they help you take the picture because they'll show you exactly like what the proportion of the head is supposed to be. And so those are easy enough if you want to take a picture and, uh, and use it like that to your point, the background has to be really white. I remember a few years ago when Jasmine, uh, didn't realize her passport expired. We had to get that same day passport in Miami. We were like, I took so many pictures on so many different white walls. And then as you said, just because of the lighting, it would turn out like the camera would make it turn out yellowish or, you know, it, it wasn't good. So we finally, we're driving around and I found this CVS that was painted like stark white and we went around the side of the building and I took the picture in front of the, the CVS and it Instead finally Instead of going into CVS it. and doing it, you took it yeah, Because I didn't want to pay CVS. the, I didn't want to pay the, yeah, CVS is the like, $15 CVS. for that. Take that, eat that CVS. I'm going to take CVS. my picture instead of paying 15 bucks outside. CVS won't even let you, like if you take the picture at home and send it as a digital, like we used to try to send it to as a digital photo to CVS and then they would not, they refused to give us the photo, like we set it up so that we could cut it out and they refused to give it to us. Um, and so we had to go to Walgreens. So take that CVS. Yeah, that's where I've ordered them in the past is Walgreens. It, it outputs it into like a four by six format and then you print it and then you'll have multiples of the of the picture does, that you can use. Does anybody else do this where they do parallels of the pharmacies? Like CVS is comparable to Target to me and Walgreens is Walmart. Or am I the only one that does stuff like I that? I think Rite Aid is more like Walmart in, in my opinion. I think Walmart. We don't have Rite Aid anymore. It depends. If you're in a Dwayne Reed, then it's then it's whatever's above Target. But if you're in an actual Walgreens, then no, it's Walmart. Does, does Dwayne Reed really feel different than Walgreens? When I'm in, yes. I only see them in New York City. They feel the same yeah, to me. Yeah, and they're amazing. They're way better. Way better. I think there's some in Chicago too, maybe. I'm not sure. But I get jealous every time. I want a Dwayne Reed. I don't want this Walgreens, Walmart knockoff crap. I don't know what Rite Aid would be. What do you think, Joe? What's uh, Kmart? There you go. Good one. Yeah. That's <laughs> Damn, Kmart's you nailed it. <laughs> you nailed it. Yeah, right. Right Aid's long gone from here, so I just run across them every once in a while. They always seem like they're in old strip malls and not not nearly as nice as the other ones. All right, last thing, Mark. Uh, I know you have a, uh, a rant for us. Uh, people out there love their Mark rants. This time, Bank of America is in your crosshairs, huh? Yeah, so very similar. I think we talked about this uh last year or maybe earlier this year on the podcast my wife had gotten the bank of america premier rewards card and when she called in for a fraud she said she was buying gift cards which was like well i almost lost my mind and they're like you have to go in with two forms of id to verify yourself and it took like two hours in the bank it was really annoying and stupid so full circle signed up for a bank of america business card 300 dollars after three thousand in spend did a couple purchases and went to do a $500 purchase. This was like the third charge and got the uh, denied, got an email to call in, not even the text, just an email. 
So I call in, go through the 20 or so questions of verify your address, verify your name, card, what was the purchase, do you approve? She went through every single purchase that was attempted. And uh, we, I was like, yes, 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 yes. Did all this stuff. Let me text you a number and then you give me the code back. And she said, okay, now give me the reference code. I'm like, what reference code? And the thing that we sent you, she have a reference code. I said, the email just said to call in. There's no reference code. And she said, uh, okay, well, then you need to go in the bank with two forms of ID to verify yourself. I'm like, what are you talking about? We just, I verified myself 20 different ways. You know, I answered your, what, what's your favorite sport question and all that crap. And she's like, yeah, but you need to do that. I said, this is ridiculous. What, what were we just doing? And I'm going to, I said, I'm going to close this card because, you know, transfer me to the 1-800 number. I'm done. I'm not going to, I'm not going to do the spend on this card. I'm not spending another two hours in your bank because, you know, you want all this crap when I already gave it to you. She's like, I understand, sir. And I just kept going off. I was having a bad day and she just kept saying, I understand, sir. And I said, all right, well. I'm going to call, call the 1-800 number and, you know, hung up. I said, whatever, I'll set up an appointment, go to the Bank of America website to set up an appointment. And I put in my, my business name is M Osterman consulting. And it says error must use a real business name. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> so, Zing. I try it. I'm like, okay, let me try it a different way. And I try a different way. If you put a space in the business name, it gives you an error. So if I just did uh, M. Osterman, it went through. Whoa, that's weird. Okay, really stupid. Whatever. Get all the way through. Pick a pick the branch. Pick the location. Hit uh, the confirm error. We have a back end issue. We cannot, you know, do your uh, your confirmed appointment. What? Whatever. I'll deal with this when I get back from St. Louis. So I didn't uh, didn't really do anything. And then Friday morning, I got a text from them, or maybe it was Thursday night. Hey, you have a fraud issue. Call in. And I'm like, well, this is stupid. And I was mad the first time. Why didn't, why'd you have me call in if I couldn't, you know, get this unlocked? Why don't you just say go to the bank in the first place? So I got another text and I'm like, well, let's give it a try. So I called in, went through and they're like, yeah, we just have to verify your last charge. Oh, that was you. Okay. I'll unlock your card now. Oh my God. So you just got a, <laughs> yeah, I got like a, a se- I don't know if like me going thing. off on her, like kicked it. She's like, all right, let's send it back in there and have them do it again. I don't know. Like, I don't know how much power the, the rep has that she was like, oh, this Speedway $500 charge. There's no way he's filling up gas. Let me kick this to where he needs extra verification. And then when I lost my mind, she was like, okay, maybe we'll send it back. I don't know, but it was weird. It was unlocked. It worked all weekend. I don't know. It, Bank of America is really the worst. We've talked about how their their business payment system is terrible to pay your credit card. Their online thing sucks worse than most credit unions. And now their verification process is almost as bad as City. It is insane how their business credit card payments work and how antiquated their site is. It's just, you know, some of these sites, I've been a doing A billion this a dollar time. business, like multi-billion. Yeah. That's billion with a B, like Travelmation with an M. <laughs> If you think about like how long all three of us have been in the credit card game and following these sites, like how often have these bank sites changed over the years? Like City put a new front on their site, but it's still basically the same site and it doesn't work. Chase has updated their site once, I think, in the last 10 years and probably works the best. American Express, there's a lot of issues. You can run into a lot of errors, although it generally works pretty well. But they don't, you know, you would think with how fast technology is progressing that these sites would get a lot better. 
Um, but yeah, Bank of America, I don't think it's changed at all. And what do you think that maybe the agent could have fixed it? She's just mad at you and she's just like, let's make him go to the bank just to mess with you. I have to think that she had the power to unlock it. Maybe not. Maybe that reference code was a thing. But that's what I figured it would be. Just call in and verify the last charge. She went through everything. She's like, what are you buying? I'm like, you get points if you load up your Speedway card for gas. So you get bonus points versus just paying at the pump. So it's loading it up for the month. And she's like, oh, okay. And then, you know, was asking questions. So I, I feel like this is similar to what happened with my wife when that question came up. So maybe if they assume gift cards, it automatically goes to that section. And maybe me losing my mind, you know, had her re-trigger it. I don't know. It was just weird. But I was very happy that I was able to unlock it without having to go to the bank. I was I was likely going to close it if that was the case. I just I couldn't see myself doing it again. So I think she might have had some power, but that's just a guess on my part. It really is amazing how people have such strong feelings about different banks. Like, you know, I, we get comments all the time on the site about Bank of America or Wells Fargo or whoever people bank with. They're the worst ever, worst customer service. I bank with Bank of America primarily, but I almost never have to like push them on stuff. So I would say my experience is pretty good, but it seems like any of these large banks, if you run into an issue, like I've had tons of issues with Citi, for example, like you're just... Yeah, you're just not over, it's very hard to overcome it, which I know why a lot of people use like local credit unions and stuff, because you can get somebody on the phone to, to help you, but they don't have quite the, the selection of nice bonuses that uh, you get with these big banks, so. Yeah, I swore I swore I would never go back to Bank of America business cards, like when I did the uh, the two $750 offers, and then I, I went back because I was like, oh, I need something else before the end of the year, and. Bank of America is a, if you have a checking account with a little bit of money in it, it is a pretty easy approval. So I'll probably stick with them, even though I like to complain about them. But yeah, that back end payment thing, everybody. And then the fact that you have a corporate account and a personal account, when you pay one shows negative where the other one doesn't, you don't know if you paid it off properly or what, do you have a credit balance? Do you have a positive balance? It's like, and then your rewards are only showing on one account and not the other. It's so stupid. I don't know who designed it. They probably went to Michigan. That would be my guess. Got him. <laughs> Upset Seattle people and Wolverine fans all in one podcast. Job well done. It's a <laughs> you do it every week, time and time again. You never cease to amaze us at who you can uh, how you who you can trigger out there. But yeah, good stuff. I don't I I think it's fair. I think everything you said about Bank of America is fair, and they really do need to fix their website. Please spend some money on. Uh, on getting that thing up to date and making it all work well. Anything else uh, you guys want to talk about today? This is not uh, super miles and points related, but when we're talking about United, I want to announce to everyone, this is important news, that all three rush hours on Netflix right now, um, so you should go back and watch them. They're still Jackie Chan. excellent. Strikes back. Still... Do you understand the words that are coming? To see, that's a quote I know. Do you understand yes, the words it, that are coming? They're very good, but uh, United, they fly United at very, I guess United was sponsoring, at least in Rush Hour 1, and it was jarring to me seeing the old United Airline logo. Like, I guess my brain had forgotten that the the tail is now, it's like Continental's tail, like when they had that merger. And it, it just got me to thinking, like, United was always kind of bad, but Continental for a while was, like, really lucrative in the miles and points space. Like, you could really get a lot of value out of it. But unfortunately, post-merger... You know, it's gone downhill. It's similar with the U.S. Airways and American. So it just got me thinking about that. Just random thoughts. So go watch Rush Hour and Rush Hour. mourn these airlines the way they were before the mergers. I got 
I got something uh, to ask you guys a question about. So Capital One booked the Spirit flights to Orlando through the portal and did that to get the $300 credit and was like, okay, these flights are good. I know I'm going to take them. Shouldn't have to deal with Capital One travel, which is kind of a pain and a lot of horror stories. So, of course, Thursday night, Spirit emails me, your flight's changed. I'm thinking, okay, not a big deal. Go to check. It goes from a 7 p.m. flight because we're flying on a Thursday after school. They have Friday off to a 5.30 a.m. flight. (laughs) (laughs) Like, completely different. So I go online. I'm going to click through. I'm like, you know what? And then I see the Frontier flights that I originally tried to book that had jumped up in price. So I didn't book them. They're now like $100 less than the Spirit flights. So I'm like, okay, I'll just cancel this. This is a good reason to cancel, and then I'll go with Frontier. So one thing I worry about is, will that credit get clawed back? I don't know, but whatever. And then I could, and I was flying through. So if I stopped at Frontier, I could have saved 20 bucks on the flight each way. So it's 160 bucks. So now I'm saving $250 versus the Spirit flights that I booked. So even if I lose the credit, it's it's pretty much a wash. And then maybe I can use the credit somewhere else. But I go online to do it, and it says, oh, if you cancel, you're going to get a voucher, even though. You know, you have this uh, this flight change, whatever. That's annoying. So I get on chat. It's an hour and a half on chat. But I don't even know. Like, I feel like I'm going to wait for Spirit. And they're going to be like, well, you booked through Capital One. So Capital One, you got to talk to them. What do you guys think? Should I just go to Capital One and deal with that? Or stick with trying to get through with Spirit and getting a refund? Gosh, it gives me such a headache even thinking about it. <laughs> yeah. I, I would think I Spirit's going to tell you to go to Capital One. I, yeah, I don't see a scenario where they're going to give you money back. Yeah, I think that might be why they wouldn't let me do it online and get money back besides a voucher. So, dang it. Well, I guess I get to write about, you know, if Capital One fails or not and and how their travel booking service is. So we'll see. Maybe next week get to talk about that. And we're also going to talk about the Holodome and St. Louis and all of that. I visited there this summer. So Mark and I are going to both reminisce about the Holodome, tell you guys why it's worth going to and uh, maybe where it isn't quite so good. St. Louis and D.C., Washington, D.C., I would say, are two very underrated family trip destinations. What you can get bang for your buck and as far as the options they have to kids uh, from young ages to older. So we did some other stuff in St. Louis that was pretty cool, and uh, we can talk about that, too. I'll probably write up something on it, too. So look for that next week. Good times ahead. And uh, that's going to do it for us this week. Joe, where, where can people find you when they're not listening to this fine podcast? You can find me at Astro Flies all over social media as long as it still exists. And uh, if you're booking a trip to Disney, Joseph Chung at Travelmation with an M, like billion with a B dot net. Billions. That's billions with a B, Bank of America. What about you, Mark? Quit yeah. messing around. You guys suck with your website. Please fix it. You can find me, uh, well, you can email me, mark at milesmembers.com. You can find me on Twitter at Detroit Mark. Or you can uh, comment on any of the website articles at milestomemories.com. How about you, Sean? You can find me on Twitter at milestomemories. There is a little blue check mark next to us. And if you hover over it, you'll see that it's because we oh, didn't boy. pay for it, that we actually earned it the old fashioned way. Oh, from, I was like, going to say, no, you on. should have been like, we paid for it. So we need your support. That $8 is expensive. I'm going to pay $8. I think they're going to make us pay for it soon, but. I'm going to pay. I hope you uh, got at miles to number two memories, Sean, because I'm going to pay for it. And people are going to think I'm the verified miles to memories. And uh, Ooh. Yeah. I wonder if anybody's been doing that, like trying to buy up, you know, big oh, names and oh, stuff and verify. I mean, I'm sure you guys have seen all the stuff that's been happening. So, yeah, I a lot not. of fake I, accounts. I don't, yeah, I don't people tw- have been in person. Twitter doom scroll like you do, Joe. 
Oh, well, like Eli, someone, someone like impersonated Eli Lilly and uh, said that insulin was free now and they lost like 3.3% of their stock price. Uh, oh, geez. So, yeah. The, so the fun times on Twitter, but at Miles and Memories all over social media. And uh, you can also check Mark and I out on our Vegas show on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash miles to memories and for everything we do podcast videos posts everything is at miles to memories.com subscribe to the show in your podcast app don't forget if you're on apple podcasts five star reviews help us out a lot thanks so much for listening talk to you next time see ya off to sit on hold with capital one all right, all right.